0: hello and welcome to another episode of feed your brain with max and mike i'm mike how are you max
1: doing very well it's always good to see you Uh, it feels so weird it's super dark here uh, and it's very light on your side and it's not because my lighting is bad it's just because i'm in a different time zone now which we haven't been i think two three months ago so um i like that kind of transition but it's good i can't complain how are you
0: I'm good. Yeah. And for everyone listening, we originally had planned to have a guest and the guest told us 15 minutes before the episode was supposed to be recorded that he won't make it. So this is kind of an, not really an emergency podcast, but we'll just, we have a couple of topics that we'll talk about, but it'll just be the two of us. And it's not super prepared just because we thought we would interview someone, but I think we'll have a, a couple of nice topics that we're going to talk about. We want to talk about our plans and goals for the year we want to talk about our current work setups what do we do like what have we bought that really improved our productivity and we have a couple of additional topics on top of that and i think it would be best if we start with your first question max let me know
1: yes i mean i'm super interested since i kind of touched upon it in a in a yeah just shortly that we are in different areas you are in new york right now and we talked about the the, always the differences between Europe and, and the US and of course you've been in San Francisco before uh, so how's it going in New York how is it different from San Francisco what are you experiencing uh, maybe just give kind of people a bit of insight on what you have been observing in the last kind of few weeks because I think it's quite interesting i see a lot of people moving out from San Francisco to New York or Miami or other cities so I would be curious to get your personal personal opinion
0: yeah New York City baby it's it's a great city. I've never really been before last year. So basically, the decision that we had to make with our company was do we put our U.S. headquarters to, like, do we locate that in San Francisco or do we do it in New York? L.A. was also an option just because we know a lot of people there, but it was mostly SF versus New York. And then there are a couple of reasons where we decided for New York. First of all, the time zone is just, much better for us because we have a lot of contact with europe because some of our team members are in our berlin office so a six hour time difference is a very stark difference to nine hour time difference you might not think so but if you start working at 9 a.m for example in eastern time then it's 3 p.m or like um like 3 p.m in berlin or like if you do the same in san francisco then it's already 6 p.m right so the overlap Mm. is just much more difficult to get so time zone was a big one and then honestly new york city also feels like it has much much better energy at the current moment i was always like way more of a west coast person but like san francisco has been like declining for the last couple of years we've heard that for a very long time i still think that the highest density of really smart tech people is still in san francisco but now that everything is on zoom and because of the pandemic like Many people have moved out of SF. We wanted to go to a place that has a lot of energy and where you can just feed off the hustle of the other people. And I think New York is a great place for that. And yeah, we we did a test run last year. We moved to New York for six, seven weeks just to see whether we would like it. And we love it because we are in the middle of Manhattan. Everything is super dense. And what I mean by that is that you have like, like your living space and the office, and then also potentially like restaurants or like deliveries, like you can do everything here in a very small area, which Mm. is very beneficial for just streamlining all of our processes. And then also for meeting people, because what I noticed in the Bay Area, as well as a last point on this issue is that, while there's still many people like, in the overall Bay Area, Some are in the Valley, some are in San Jose, some are in San Francisco, some are in Oakland. And it's always a really big hassle to get there. So usually you just like don't meet, you just do Zoom because it's so much more efficient. But here, since Mm. most people are either in Brooklyn and very close to Manhattan or in Manhattan, it's much easier to meet people. And yeah, so we think I I wouldn't have thought that I would move to New New York, like if you had asked me like a couple of years ago. But for now, it seems like a great place to be, lots of interesting people here, and we, we like it.
1: Yeah, and I think there are also uh, some some studies about it, right? That the kind of tech density is still increasing quite largely in uh, New York, uh, and people are coming to New York. Of course, also, I see a more and more tech people going to Austin or Miami, like all the members in our team. They're kind of living in Florida uh, in the sun right now, and living the life. they don't want to go back to living the life basically I don't go back to back to new york but they still see the um the benefits of being in new york especially in high season when everybody's there you can do all the business meetings in new york as you mentioned so quite interesting uh, to hear that i didn't tell you actually that i'm going to be on the west coast i chose to go to the west coast in june for a few weeks so um if yeah you can visit me on your there. way there <laughs> good point yes we, we should we should handle that oh no, we can it's just get in the west
0: coast in. that also works
1: yeah, or you come over. That's a, It's six hours, so it's, it's doable. <laughs> no, but it's good to get some insights. I thought it would be interesting. Um, do, do you see any, like, how does it, because I think last time when we talked personally, you mentioned that kind of the variety or the diversity of people and people's interests is also much higher, which gives you new perspectives. People work in art, people work in science, people work in tech, people work in finance. Uh, in media, of course, also, whereas in in, in in San Francisco, you have much more tech. Do you feel the effect of it in a way, um, in a positive or in a negative way, that you have more, let's say, so-called diversity in terms of interests and people's jobs? Or is that not really affecting you at all?
0: I mean, you definitely notice it. I think the as a caveat, I love tech and startups, right? So that's also why I love SF. If SF Mm. wasn't a tech hub, I wouldn't even consider living there just because I think other cities are like much, much better, at least for me personally than San Francisco. But it's just great that you can talk to almost everyone there about tech and startups, which is probably my favorite thing to do in the world. But then also, like, I can do that in New York or remotely on Discord or via Zoom or whatever right now. And still, like, find people here who who work in media, who work in traditional finance, who work in the art sector or, like, something else. So, like, New York definitely has a broader diversity of occupations. And Mm. I I think it definitely shows in a couple of instances. It also has disadvantages, right? But I think for now, it's, it's more, like, helpful and inspiring because I'm, I'm talking to like tech people and specifically founders or like investors. Ninety percent of my time that I I'm awake, right? So the other ten percent might be helpful if I I get some other input on top of it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, we just published uh, Jay, right? Who's actually building a business, of course, in tech, but he has also a different background, which can help to get some new perspectives on certain areas. And he's tapping into the Web three world, so he also brings in uh the technology side uh to his poker background and and, and storytelling focus kind of so uh, interesting thanks for sharing a bit um so uh, just because we wanted to talk a bit about goal setting or respectively um uh, kind of why we have shared our goals initially so maybe for all the listeners um Mike and I kind of sent each other what we are planning to do in this year so 2022 um, why we have also Uh, set certain goals. um, And and also how we can kind of we thought about how we can check off each other uh, in a regular basis. So what we're going to do is every quarter, we're going to kind of talk about them, see whether we have achieved them, why we have not achieved them. Um, So uh, maybe we give uh, people a bit of background on kind of why we've done it. And also, um, what are like some of the goals that might be interesting to share or kind of also maybe the setup on how we set up our goal, setting for 2022 maybe you want to start Mike?
0: yeah so for context i have been a big fan of goal setting for a very long time and i i tried different strategies to do it usually what i use my christmas vacation or like the christmas holidays for is one calm down a little bit but then also reflect on what i achieved during the year whether i achieved my goals and then set new goals for the next year and then like since i don't even know what specifically but i think since 2017 or 18 i also try to put more focus on systems on top of goals so for for everyone who doesn't know the difference the like layman term explanation is a goal is a specific thing that you want to achieve which you can measure like with like kpi like for example a great a great example for that would be a uh, a bench press goal right let's say i want to bench press like 300 pounds <laughs> for, for my of course
1: rate. of course you mentioned a bench press goal.
0: <laughs> i i could have said a squat goal because I, like, I, I love squatting <laughs> a lot but for, for all of our listeners who primarily work out for their appearance in the clubs i think bench pressing is just more relatable so let's say I want to I want set a bench press goal. <laughs> Depends.
1: I, I heard you can't get into a club if you don't do uh, squats, but I maybe that's a rumor.
0: I, I don't know, honestly. And because <laughs> yeah. I do squats, so they now ask me. But yeah, so basically, let's say you, you set a bench press goal, like 300 pounds max. That's a goal. And like I did that for like some time, but now I've shifted my focus towards systems for some of my uh, areas of focus. And what that means is that the system is I'm optimizing for working out five times a week with a specific schedule and I, I focus less on the actual goals and rather on the consistency and on the process and so instead of like setting the spend goal I, I could just say well i want to optimize for working out five times a week and then shifting the focus from output which is the like goal uh, like the the weight to input, which is the amount of times that I'm doing something and the professiona- professionality with which I'm doing it because I know that this will lead me closer to the goals anyway. So that's as a, as a caveat. And that's what I did for like this year as well. I did it a bit delayed because I had COVID when, uh, during Christmas. So I... Yeah, I've focused on a couple of different areas and I can talk about the areas first and then we can probably dive a bit deeper and just do it between the two of us. So I, my first part is career goals. So everything surrounding my startup and everything that's related to my career. Then I have health goals and systems. I have relationship goals and systems, and then I have financial goals and systems. And then I have one special goal, which is create an immensely productive and cozy apartment because I just mm. want the apartment that I'm in in New York just to be, like, optimized to the brink for me being happy and productive. But I can talk about that later. So these are my, my higher-level focus areas. And in terms of the process, just to wrap it up, and then we can give it over to you. So in terms of focus, I look at these specific areas, and then I think what would make me happy if I achieve it until the end of the year. So when would I be satisfied? And then on top of that, I also look at what is a system that is ambitious, but still manageable. And then I try to combine Mm. these things and iterate a little bit and then come up with goals and systems that I think make sense and bring me closer to where I want to be. Because the whole goal of the yearly goals is not that everything that I want to ever achieve is achieved this year, but that it leads me closer to who I want to be, and my ultimate goal is: if I achieve the things that I put in there, at the end of a year, I look back and think that I'm closer to who I want to be. That's basically my ultimate premise. Uh, so, yeah, maybe you talk a bit about your process.
1: Yeah, that is awesome. I, 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 of course, we have some similarities, um, especially when it comes to systems. Um, I've also thought a lot about kind of how can I apply systems to to follow also what what is good for me and what makes me happy at the end of the day, and and I usually try to combine these systems with certain types of habits. So for example, thinking about that, I want to regular get at least seven, seven and a half or eight hours of sleep. That's just kind of something that of course, you want to achieve at the end, but it's difficult to kind of look into it in a more detailed way. So taking a step back, I usually try to kind of go into bed half an hour earlier and just start reading, which makes it much more um, probable that I actually will go to sleep at this certain time that I'm kind of looking for uh, so that I can get seven, seven and a half to eight hours of sleep. Um, So systems play an absolute key role in my lifestyle overall as well. For me, it actually started um, with the purpose statement, um, which was, we have an episode about finding your personal mission statement and purpose, which was actually one of the most listened episodes, I think uh, that we did together. Um, Of course it's been, been a bit now Uh, Mike is Mike is shaking his hand which is good so uh, which is kind of the basis for it so if everybody's interested in that kind of listen to the episode but the purpose statement is quite important to me because it identifies or it sets out which target identity I want to be so there are certain um, areas in life where I want to identify myself with something for example being a healthy person being a kind human being to my friends and other people that I meet being a person that is ambitious about product and building great products, and of course, I have certain target identities in mind that are important to me and and to what I want to reflect in order to be happy. And in order to reach each of these target identities, I have certain systems that follow up to these certain, uh, let's say, overall um, goals or or identities that I have for myself. So, for example, one of the one of the target identities is that I want to become a type of person who stays in touch with people that I would call good friends and then there are systems that kind of support and align with that target identity and I can always check and look in the mirror and say am I that person or am I kind of not catching up with my good friends am I leaving them out and if you're honest to yourself you can actually always look back to your systems and habits and change them or iterate on them if you see that you're not hitting or not being your identity that you want to be and that really helps me and based on of the target identity, I have different objectives, which you called goals, I think before that I track on a regular basis, I look into them once a month, I look back to them once a quarter, and see whether I need to iterate on them, change them. And I think all in all, we're not perfect, right. So I I, people like actually, a couple of days ago, a person asked me, like, Do you always hit all your goals? And I said, No, I don't.
0: If I hit also be bad, because it means that your goals are not ambitious enough.
1: Exactly, right. So and 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 it's the same with OKRs, right? Of course, I really don't like this analogy with OKRs, where you say if you hit eighty percent of your OKRs, you did well. I don't. I don't really like that kind of framework. Um, there are a lot of people agreeing with that. I think. Uh, but 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 I think especially for personal goals, you want to take it a bit higher than you think you would hit it, and you can still be happy at the end of the year if you put it in perspective. Because um, and and Mike actually, you wrote a great kind of piece about your last year, and one of the things that I also took away from it is that. At the end of the day you were not happy with everything that happened maybe but you the overall satisfaction is still there because looking back you had an amazing year and that's something that nobody can oversee and i think that that should also be in, in people's minds when they think back about a year and which objectives they have hit or not hit so i think that's something that that's quite important to me
0: yeah yeah that's uh so many things to unpack but like the, the title for my blog article where i wrote about my like last year the milestones and the new goals was Subjectively rough, objectively great. <laughs> and yes. that was like at first it was just a working title, but then I thought it was actually like a really good description of how I felt. Because if I just look at what I achieved last year, these specific achievements, they sound pretty dope. Some of them are like literally things I've been working on for years. For example, getting my US like talent visa, that has been something I've put so much time and effort and also money in. And now I can just work in the US, I can live in the US, I can travel in and out. However, I want. I've want. i wanted that since I did my Silicon Valley internship now, like seven years ago, <laughs> so one like of the core things that I wanted to achieve, I achieved last year, which is pretty, pretty good. Right. And then like a couple of other great things like raising the like fairly big seed round from Tiger, like getting a hundred million dollar facility set up for a company that back then had like six employees which like probably very few people could do especially if they don't have any experience in debt raising before so like all of these things sounded so amazing but when i looked back i just still felt Mm -hmm. as if i had underperformed not necessarily that the Mm -hmm. goals weren't good but that my own assessment of what i could have achieved if i just had worked harder or smarter it still felt off And I think that's something that especially like ambitious people feel Mm. frequently, right? And the weird thing is that it doesn't really stop. So sometimes I'm just very satisfied with like achievements that are objectively worse than some of the other achievements. So it's sometimes just like a a state of mind kind of thing. And I could Mm -hmm. have achieved potentially everything and it still didn't work. I think it was one of the, I'm not remembering what I said, but I think one of the Atlassian founders...
1: Yeah, yes, yeah, it's a it, talkable thing. Is it, the,
0: it, is it the, the guy who said that he still feels yeah, like yeah. an imposter having built this like insane company? Yeah. I think yes. that's not necessarily the degree for me, but sometimes I just get these waves of just feeling that I underperform and other people could have done it so much better. Despite generally being fairly confident in my abilities, right? But I'm always my biggest critique, which uh, critic, which is probably something you can identify with as well. But yeah, there is sometimes a A difference between the subjective assessment and the objective assessment which i think is something that's important for me to communicate that often your own achievements feel better for other people than for you
1: i i I fully agree and i mean i have the same issue i'm getting better at it i think because i feel like the more I read about longevity, the more, the 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 more I think I'm just going to live longer and I have more time. Uh, so they, I need to bring some patience into it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's infinite important.
0: game. Hopefully, really <laughs> infinite.
1: Yes. Yes. So that's a th- like that. That helps. Um, but I I wondered about this also kind of when I reflected on my goals and I listened to, kind of a conversation recently, uh, from Cal Newport, the uh, Deep Work author. Yeah. And he talked about his kind of bringing up this new word which he called slow productivity and he 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 says we're basically optimized our whole life is optimized for being fast in everything we do we bring we have chrome extensions that help us to minimize three clicks to open a zoom conversation and he said it's ridiculous at the end of the day it's ridiculous it's insane um so he kind of he says You have to think about things in long-term, longer-term perspectives. And if you think about what you do as a person on a day-to-day basis, think about how each of the items that you're working on each day contribute to your mid to long-term goals. Mm. And if you do that every single time, you have much more perspective on what makes you happy and why you do certain things. And I feel like that's something that society is missing in a lot of ways, especially the tech community, because everything is optimized in every single sense of the workflow. And it's also micro
0: optimization honest. and not macro optimization, right? And this is yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. this is something that I'm struggling with, or I have struggled with as well, like depending on the period. So often you can feel great after a day if you cross off 20 things of your to do list. But mm-hmm. sometimes all of these things didn't really matter. So it's just fake productivity. It's yeah. like showing your mind that you got shit done, but like ironically enough, if you had just worked for like two hours on the most important task or in something that actually brings you forward that has leverage and then didn't do anything the rest of the day, just chill, like watch some YouTube, like go work, like whatever, you could still be closer to your goal than if you just do this pseudo productivity. I, mm. I, I read a great blog article yesterday. I can see if I can link it afterwards when I when I find it. And what they said is, that there's a difference between optimizing the like cog in the machine. So one of the like micro parts or just optimizing the whole machine. So this is something that I like thought about before in terms of like micro and macro optimizing, but Mm -hmm. like what I scheduled some time for me, like this weekend is like, look at the actual machine, looking at what I'm working on, how the systems work, and then specifically how I can optimize that I actually work on the right things rather than always micro optimizing because micro optimizing is the thing that feels good quickly and just makes your mm-hmm. brain go, ooh dopamine, but it isn't necessarily the best thing to do.
1: That's uh, it's such a, an, an amazing piece. I agree. Um, and, and, and we, of course, we tend to, especially in, in, in kind of our world, we see all these like, tools that actually help you to optimize your micro productivity in a way or to micro optimize. And it it just they kind of lead you towards making these decisions of testing these tools, buying these tools.
0: Uh, yeah, but um, often micro optimization is great, right? Because if you can just It is. Of if course, you can yeah. just be like 10 times more efficient, that's so many hours if you think about it in like the terms of years. And some of the tools that I'm using that micro optimize my day are some of the best tools that I've ever used and they help me to get time to macro optimize. So it's not that it's an either or right it's not that you wanted to say that but i just wanted to make it very clear it's not an either or but it's it doesn't matter to just micro optimize if you you can i think that's like one of the most obvious but also one of the funniest examples like some comedian said that at some point i don't remember who it was he he said you can run as fast as you want if you run into the the wrong direction you like won't win the race (laughs) right so you can be faster (laughs) than anyone else but if you just like take the wrong corner it doesn't matter yeah
1: it's, yeah, it's a good one. I wonder who said that one, probably Trevor Noah or any, anybody like that in New York, I assume. Um, no, I agree. Um, so I, I, I just thought that actually fits nicely into that perspective of kind of setting goals, because at the end of the day, think about what makes you happy. For example, what I have noticed, especially when I focus on ticking off these tasks, is that I'm missing creative work which is very healthy to kind of my overall system. So it's something that I kind of usually deprioritize because creative work seems less productive, Um, but it actually is, it has like the triple effect if you do it, but not obviously it's more like a subconscious effect on your overall productivity, because that's something you check off and you say, hey, I've done some creative work. It's more subconscious. It fuels your energy for everything else that you do. And I think bringing in some creative work every single day, if it's just half an hour, if it's just, thinking or writing something down, something that you want to do on the creative side. That's that's helping me a lot, usually.
0: Yeah. And it's so easy to just have your calendar full with meetings and calls mm. and like getting quick things done. I think what I what I started and I I've done a really bad job, I, I try to block at least one day a week without meetings. The funny thing is that my meeting list Thursday tomorrow already has seven meetings, so I did a, <laughs> I did a very bad job this specific week, but I, I'll try to find at least one day that doesn't have any meetings where I can just work on really deep work problems. And it's almost like sometimes frightening or like anxiety, inducing to just sit down and just mm. calmly think about, okay, what? is it that I should be working on like personally or then like for your company or your role or whatever, because it doesn't feel like it doesn't look as productive, right? Even if you're like working at a company and you just go to a whiteboard in like a meeting room and you just think people that walk past would maybe think, okay, what what is, what is that guy doing? Right. Mm -hmm. But if you're in a call with someone, no one would ask It's just, okay, uh, he's he's on a call, like probably he'll he'll do something nice. But like this time in the whiteboard, like can maybe like, be like a hundred times more effective than other things but yeah um, yeah i think bill gates
1: just to add to that actually i think bill gates like what he did is like once a year or twice a year he went to the woods he took a few books with him and he just thought for like a week about topics he's interested in or topics that can influence microsoft so that's also did he do that while he was still
0: to... running microsoft
1: i think he did actually okay. yes because that's always yeah, that's yeah.
0: always one of the things that i try to differentiate whether people were doing their like cool like hobbies in quotation marks (laughs) when they were still running the company or like afterwards because there's a very very big difference and it it might very well be the case i don't know in this specific case but yeah i mean like having an offsite, like we had a founder offsite recently we uh took when when i was still in germany we took like two days over like a weekend like drove to an island in northern germany and just like really like talked about things, like had some like bonding time as well. and It was great. Like we, we were very productive in the sense that we just talked about things that we usually don't have the time to talk about. And I can, I w- I can definitely recommend that every now and then. But we, we don't have that much time left. What, what else do you want to talk about? I don't think that we can go through all the goals. Maybe we have to postpone that to one of the next episodes. Uh, do you have anything else that you really want to mention?
1: Um, no, just, um, I, I just had a couple of things. I mean, like uh, one of the questions that I thought was quite interesting that might be also very different because we have different rhythms is how do you start your day? Um, like what are what's the first thing you do or what are the first things you do? And I think we want to talk about office setup, but I think it could, should be another episode because it's mm-hmm. so intense. Yeah. But let's talk about like starting your day in, in like two, three minutes each. And then I think it's a good wrap up.
0: Got it. Yeah, so I have my optimal start of the day and then I have the actual start of the day, how it often looks like. <laughs> so for everyone who doesn't know, I'm not a morning person. Like, and my co-founders would probably say that this is a very weak statement uh, for the actual <laughs> representation of like how I like to sleep. So I'm really, really, really not a morning person. And so what I do is, like, my my optimal plan, I had a morning routine for, like, some time uh, when I wasn't running a company. And then the morning routine included journaling and including, like, taking a cold shower, meditating, doing all of that before I actually started any work. And I should probably actually do that, but I'm trying to protect my sleep and I have to be awake at a certain time. And I just can't sleep before a certain time. So what I'm currently mostly doing is actually waking up like a couple of minutes before my very first call, which is with my co-founders that starts the day. And then like, kind of like dragging myself into this (laughs) call and just relying on the notes that I made the day before, I think it was way worse for like a couple of weeks at some point where I was super sleepy, but now I can just wake up fairly quickly, do this call. And then after this call, I do my like real morning routine for like 20 minutes. Um, when is that call happening?
1: Like ten or uh, like... 10 or 10
0: AM Eastern time. Okay.
1: That's early for Mike, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and much earlier I couldn't even like I couldn't even be productive or like I couldn't mention anything that's really smart. But on the other hand, like the later the day goes on, the higher IQ I seem to become. So it's it's actually very interesting. <laughs> and and, and you basically yeah, said, like do you routine? Oh, sorry go ahead
1: um no, i just want to ask like, do you kind of like you have the opposite schedule that you do like sports at night or like not in the morning as other people do, oh yeah you know, i like, can't do example? sports in
0: the morning i always hated that i like i went to a sports mm. school right and we had like like workouts twice a week in the morning i always hated that so much and it 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 actually it started really early so when we played tournaments during the weekend so when i played handball so usually we had like single games every weekend and they didn't really start in the morning but sometimes we play tournaments and for tournaments we had the group stages in the morning and the like the knockout stages would be later in the day so what happened is that my coach like would never put me in <laughs> in the first couple of games in the morning i mean he he would put me in but not in like a super central role compared to like what i would usually do so like if the first game was like 8am he just knew okay like we can maybe like use like 30 percent of what mike is capable of but we'll we'll let him like i don't know do whatever and then like once the knockout stage comes and like he's awake then we can just let him, have him play like the whole games so basically That's like hilarious. even back then it was like very rough for me to like be super physically performant in the mornings but then the funny thing was that everyone thought like that didn't know me from the opponents that it was like not some of the best player because I didn't really play the first couple of games so I always had the the benefit of surprise on my side as well <laughs> yeah I
1: didn't I didn't test that one out I think it's a good <laughs> like challenge your coach a bit to to get the right spot at the right time uh, it's a good idea um, no it's uh, it's very different of course from you I'm more of a morning person I wouldn't say I'm like the 5 a.m morning person but usually between six and 6 and 7 30 is like my time usually um and i i like to do sports in the morning but not necessarily because i think it's the best time for me just because whenever i postpone it to the afternoon or at night there are days when i don't do it because there are other plans uh, also that happens spontaneously and then i don't do them so that usually i try to schedule it in the morning and one of the things that's quite important to me i've also skipped journaling in the morning and reading because it feels like, I'm, I'm feeling very energetic in the morning, and I want to get to work pretty fast, usually, and don't mm. want to lose too much time. And yeah. if I journal, and if I read books, I get impatient. Um, so I usually try to do sports and, 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 and then work. But one of the things that helped me recently, and I got that from Andrew Huberman, which is a neuroscience professor at Stanford. And he talked about that everybody should get some sunlight before latest, I think, 930 in the morning. Um, So what I do usually is I do like a deep work session in the best case, sometimes it doesn't happen. But in the best case, I do have a deep work session of like 60 to 90 minutes. And then I go out um, for like 10, 15, 20 minutes, get some sun, even though if the sun is not there, it's still fine to get outside, catch some breath, and then I come back. And that's been really helpful for me, especially for that second deep work session in the day to focus deliberately on a task, um, getting and before having some fresh air and, and getting the sun. And that's the only thing that I do. Actually, I don't do much more than that. Mm. I have kind of, yeah, that's very helpful.
0: I I like the idea. I I've heard, I don't know who recommended it, but I know that specifically for remote work as well, if you don't have a commute, many people recommend just like wearing, like getting dressed, going out, taking a walk, going to your desk again, and just simulating some kind of movement travel Yeah, to wake up and. Yeah, the, the, the thing is that like I've as I said I've never been a morning person but it definitely improved a little bit over time. And I can now be more productive in the mornings compared to back in the day. But I still like if I need to be on my like peak, I always prefer it later in the day. Like everything after mm-hmm. like noon I'm I'm good. And then if it's late afternoon or early evening I'm uh, I love it. And even no, during night. Insane. Sometimes, like, especially when I when I still was a student and like didn't have any real I just had to be like studying or like doing my my, my stuff and it didn't really matter when I did it. I would just sometimes have these like productivity urges at like 1 a.m. And then we're just like from 1 a.m. to like five would just have the most productive time ever, which is not really doable for me right now when I'm running a company, right? So I I try to refrain from that and Yeah, so currently (laughs) I I go to bed at like almost exactly 2 a.m., get up roughly at 10 a.m., and then have a bit of a routine. But most of my like important routine is later in the day.
1: Nice. Yeah, it's quite interesting how how it's different. And I think that's the learning from it, right? Not like find your own schedule. It's not about being that 5 a.m. morning person every time. And I think a lot of people make that mistake. They think that... Yeah, that's the issue that I'm like,
0: I'm very, I'm actually very passionate about that. Because I think like it just doesn't work for me. I tried everything. I I literally woke up at 5 a.m. for like weeks and months at some point, just like, but I hated it. I was so (laughs) unhappy. I was unproductive. I hated myself the whole day and it just didn't, didn't, didn't work for me. And like, since I shifted my like rhythms and like I have built systems around that, I'm so much happier, so much more productive, so much healthier, I think, as well in that regard. And I still, I think we obviously haven't really understood sleep well enough to really Mm. understand the details. But there are some genetic factors that influence whether you're a morning or a night person. And the funny thing is that for my like, at least for my dad and for my brother, it's the very same, like they are very much like night owls as well. So I Mm. I definitely see the the genetic influence there. Like, obviously not empirical, but I I definitely see it. And I, I think it's wrong to always just take the like morning person as the optimal person just because yeah, it's yeah. our way of how society is set up
1: yeah definitely not and it shouldn't be the it shouldn't be the the the, the 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 kind of the rule of like just because of course like our work environment if you if you're not building companies yourself or if you don't work in startups Usually people have to come to work between seven and nine and leave between, I don't know, four and, and six. It's still like most of society works at way it's, But, but even a two-hour
0: shift can be huge, right? Starting at 10 yeah. instead of starting at 8, depending on where you are. This is also like one last comment. I think there's a lot of interesting studies about the detrimental effects of having specifically teenagers or children be at school at like seven just because they need the sleep and they need like it it would be so much better for them to just move it like two hours later and Mm -hmm. i was basically like a walking like i was sleepwalking (laughs) into school every single day like our school started at 7 45 i had to get up at like six something i don't even know how i did it in hindsight i just basically every single day after school i would just fell on the couch and just sleep until i had my my training sessions so hmm. I was very 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 tired for almost all of my <laughs> the first two periods in like high school I was almost non-existent. So whenever I had a teacher <laughs> who I had in like the early hours and the later hours I like in the very early hours I just tried to do like the bare minimum and told them well I'll I'll, I'll get it done in the later hours. I'll carry I'll carry it no worries, but for now just like please let me sleep.
1: <laughs> what a great finisher it was good good chatting again about a few r- very random topics we didn't plan it that much actually um and it's always fun seeing you um and hopefully next time we have a guest um and uh it's, it's gonna happen so thanks for for the good chat and um hope to see you soon again, Mike.
0: it was a pleasure have a good rest of your day and bye-bye